oh, okay, from your point of view, I can see how, you know, when you're sitting in, in traffic all stressed out and then you come home stressed out and then I'm there immediately upset with you, I can see how that would be really upsetting or really off-putting when you were expecting to come home and things are fine. Or, okay, well, I can see from your point of view that you didn't get a message from me and I came home late, so I can totally understand how that would feel really lonely or concerning or upsetting. Um, and again, that's not necessarily saying like, okay, you're right or you're wrong or whatever. It's just validating like, okay, if this is what your reality was, I can totally understand why you would feel mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about how to repair after a fight with a partner or even maybe a close friend. We did an episode not too long ago about having healthy arguments, which is episode 210, if you want to check that out. But today, we're focusing on what you can do after a fight has already happened, how to use it to actually deepen your connection and avoid future arguments. So we're going to be talking about, after a little fender bender, how to take your relationship to the repair shop. Yeah, I like that. Make it better than new. So it's a little different than a car, though, because it's like better than better than it was before the accident i see so it's not just they put on like the cheap replacement uh, right. bumper yeah or like and... the little suction cup thing to pull out the dents right. but it still it... looks bad it's like yeah. no 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 it's, like, no, is... no, no, it's like an upgrade also it's a yeah. really good repair they replace shop. the entire exterior and then go from there Ooh, maybe it's like sort that. of like in altered carbon oh yeah when she yeah, loses yeah, yeah. her arm but then gets the super awesome cybernetic arm yeah what are know? they called the not the skins it's a sleeve Ooh. yeah well she still had the same <laughs> sleeve but she got the new arm the like cybernetic oh, okay. arm yeah, yeah 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 i don't know what you're talking about so i'm gonna <laughs> okay. keep on good, good show good Cool. Yeah. The listeners okay. who were into that show were like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the problem. Yeah. Shall tell, me, we? tell me about the we problem. We love problems. <laughs> Fights are the problem. That's why we're here Fights. for problems. They happen. Fights and arguments happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's research out there that states that couples who do fight actually have better relationships. At the same time, I've also seen people use that as a justification for staying in a shitty relationship or in a relationship that's fundamentally incompatible. Mm. Um, honestly, it reminds me of what really bothers me about The Notebook. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <I'm> gonna... <laughs> okay. You know, I've still all... never seen that film. That's fine. You're like, I, don't fine. see it. Yeah. I, 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 it's not a bad film. Uh-huh. It's pretty iconic, I suppose. But what bothered me about The Notebook is they very much got wrapped up in this idea. I just remember part of their relationship that um, their early relationship when they were young is they're talking about like they fought all the time, yeah, but they loved each other like so much. Yes, they're very yeah. much like we're so passionate. So that means we get into really passionate fights. And that's just a clue that we're just so dang passionate for each other. Right. Um, and we're being like, no, that sounds like a fundamental incompatibility if you're yeah. fighting all the time. Mm, right. um, anyway. But some people do like kind of 
it bite and uh, not literally bite, but but sort of <laughs> you know prod, prod and prod each poke other. each other, you know verbally. Yeah, and that's just kind of well, how after, their relationships are. Once you are. know someone well enough, you know how to poke their buttons. That's true. You also know how to not Gently, poke their buttons. Yes, but yeah. I think that's that's the thing though is I think that that like the research out there that talks about people who like people who fight in their relationships actually have better relationships and mm. are more like a deeper connection and whatever. It's like in comparison to people who just keep it all inside and seethe and just mm-hmm. like are so annoyed with their partner rather than just being like, hey, this sucks that you did this thing. Yeah. Like that's kind of what it's talking about. But then people hear it and they think that that kind of just like needling each other or just kind of being jerks to each other or like doing things that are like some of the four horsemen of the mm-hmm. relationship apocalypse, right? Like just contempt for each other that they think like, Oh yeah, that's what they mean. This is fine. Well, what we're, no, what I'm doing I mean, is fine. Yeah. You know? There, there is, I think mean poking and prodding and there's poking and prodding. That's like out of fun and just knowing like the, like, like what you two do, like, <laughs> what you two do. <laughs> Let's be all, honest. We all do it. Yeah. We all Josh well, the other. three of each other do it to each yeah. other. But yeah. when I observe your relationship, it happens at times. Well, for some more specifics about that, people mm-hmm. can check out episode 210. Now that, that was our fighting fair, fighting dirty episode, correct? Yeah. 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 So that's the one where we get more into the breakdown of what are some fair and like best practices for having an argument with a loved one versus what are some destructive practices yeah. you know what's the destructive needling versus the playful joshing so again that's episode 210 however the point is that fights just happen sometimes and especially as the relationship goes on for more time we can find ourselves having essentially variations on the same fights over and over or the same topics can come up or the same triggers can present themselves yeah there are fights out there that will just happen over and over again and the Gottmans researched this and their research has shown that 69 yeah 69 (laughs) percent of the time um, when couples talk about the one thing that they always argue about it's just a perpetual problem and it's not going to be resolved and it actually shouldn't be resolved which is really interesting to Mm -hmm. me uh, in in these recurring fights can really just actually be an opportunity to deepen our connections with our partners, even though they may keep coming up time and time again. Yeah, it's a very provocative statement it for the Godmas to make of like... It shouldn't thing, be resolved. Yes, this thing that you keep fighting about, it's going to keep being a problem and it's not going to be resolved. And maybe it even shouldn't. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I guess I struggle with that a little bit too, because... Mm-hmm. If it is a continual problem, it's like, why can't we like move forward with it at some in some way? But I guess. Yeah, well, that's yeah. And that's kind of deeper than that. Yeah. So so I think it's important here to kind of take a little pause mm-hmm. to make this distinction between a perpetual problem that's not going to get resolved and doesn't need to. And that's OK. Like yeah. that's an opportunity to learn about each other versus something that's never going to be resolved. That is a deal breaker. And they do, the Gottmans also, you know, I was reading about this, they also acknowledge that, that there are certain incompatibilities that just, not that like, yeah, either one of you is a bad person. It's just like, this is a deal breaker. Like you are not going to be happy long-term in this relationship yeah. because of this. And and just real quick, like basically in both cases, the thing that these have in common is that the reason why this will never get resolved is because you're not fighting about just a thing of like, who takes care of this task or where do we put this thing or which house do we buy or something. But this argument actually stems from 
a like fundamental personality trait mm. of each of the two of you or a fundamental belief of each of the two of you. And that that is something that's most likely never going to change. And it's definitely not going to change by fighting about it. Mm. Uh, it's something that's not going to change. And so the question is, is this something that once I understand better why you make the decisions you make and like what the beliefs are behind it, that that helps me understand you better and we can stop fighting about it, even though the difference will never get fixed. Sure. So they're not saying like you're going to fight forever. They're saying that there's an acceptance that difference isn't going to change. Yeah. You're not going to convince each other. So it's like on the deal breaker side is there's something we disagree about and we're not going to be able to find a tolerable way to deal with it. And so right. the relationship probably needs to end versus the other side being like, there's something we disagree about, but we can agree, can actually agree, agree to, to disagree, disagree yeah. in a, in a healthy way and learn to live with each other and understand each other and work around it. Is that? Yeah. So know? let's actually go through some yeah. examples of this. Yeah, please. Because and, I yeah. want to learn more about this too. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, so this, this example also comes from the Gottmans, and I, I like this one. So this is about punctuality. Ooh. And I, this is... Yeah, <laughs> right? we all I kinda... know. Well, I mean, that is a question. Like, I do know some people who are just perpetually always not punctual. Right. Or always, like, completely on time. Mm -hmm. And I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know if that can be changed or not. I think there are steps to take to become more punctual. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a deal breaker. Exactly. And this was one that they used as an example of something that's not a deal breaker. Yeah. But like I you just it, said, I bet you it we'll could probably be a deal breaker change. for someone. Maybe for Maybe. some people. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. I would. It depends on the person. Maybe. I'd like to yeah. think that it's not a deal breaker, but maybe it is. But yeah, it's this thing that like, that's like a personality trait. Like you mm -hmm. were saying, Emily, like some people just kind of are that. And maybe it came from the way that they were raised. Maybe there's some other aspect of their personality that just thinks differently about like what they value, yeah. whether they value taking their time more than being punctual, whereas for the other person, that might be the opposite, whatever it is. But the point here is that if you can understand that this isn't just like a thing that needs to be figured out or decided, but this is actually a fundamental trait of your partner, it changes the way you address it to be like, okay, rather than try to tell you why this is important or for me to yeah. tell you why I think my side's important and it's better, it's, okay, let's find a way to live together with this. Yeah, mm -hmm. Is it uh, maybe a certain element of both sides, like one kind of accepting the other will be late and the other realizing, okay, I should kind of plan ahead, like plan everything a half hour earlier so mm. that I'm you know, helping out my partner. Like, there's something for me with my stepdad, actually. Is he not he's punctual? Someone, no, he shows up like 15 to 30 minutes early for Whoa. everything. I love your stepdad. And that if, sounds about right. And if he was a military up, guy. Yeah, and if you just show up on time... You're late. He's, okay, he can sorry. be annoyed about it. Oh, I'm my a fan God. of myself. Okay. Okay, because this was my family of origin, all the Germans, where it, yeah, it's very much that. It's like, if you're on time, you are late. Right. We're yeah. going to show up an yeah. hour ahead of time and yeah. sit in the car and wait, right. because totally. that's how we'd rather spend totally. our time. That's 100% my stepdad. Yes. But um, you're like wasting time just sitting in your car then. 
but you know you're early. You know what? So you I was on time us. today. I was on time today. You are. You are. I'm not always, but I I am a lot of the time. I'm right. like I toe okay. that line. We can't get derailed yeah. by punctuality. But okay. so anyway, the example is that this was something that you know growing up was an issue between me and my stepdad, mm. but that now it's something like my brother and I were meeting up with him for something, and Josh and I together with each other were like. We got to tell him that it's like 30 minutes after when it is. No, just we were like, okay, we should actually leave now because we know he's already probably Mm -hmm. sitting in the car waiting. (laughs) So we should go and make sure that we're early. And and then we did. And it's like just understanding that about a person rather than kind of fighting against it makes a big difference. Okay, I appreciate you giving the counter example because I can already see listeners or me pretending to be a listener being Uh mad at Uh us about being like what you think we should just cater to all the late people all the time Mm -hmm. uh so thank you for providing the counter (laughs) no it was catering to the not late people right but hopefully you know some understanding can go both ways in a relationship right so let's let's look at some other ones all right tidiness of the home now, mm. I also don't think this is a deal breaker because I do think, and Dedeker is and grimacing it, over there. Well, with all of these, it could be for someone and not for another. But I, I suppose agree you're with right. Emily it's here, on though. a spectrum. I think it's yeah. on a spectrum because well, I can, sure. it's not a deal breaker for me if someone's like a little bit more messy than me or a little bit more clean than me. You know, I can definitely learn to live mm-hmm. with that and learn to find a compromise and a middle ground. If it's an extreme, yeah. usually in the extremely much more messy than me, then I'm just like, we could probably still be in a relationship, but I'm, but probably couldn't live with that person. Yeah, I get that, and I think probably Jace has become like super minimal from living with you. It's been part of it. I mean, I yeah. did that before I lived with her. That's true. I mean, we only lived together part of the year anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. But I started my minimalism thing minimal. when we were not living together. Yeah, so. yeah. We need to get on that train a little more. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, it's great, but you also don't if you don't want to, right? Like, I that's know. What we're talking about here. I'm a little bit of a hoarder because I'm pretty sure of my mother, and I'm. Mm. And it's not. I was that raised I, that way too. Yes, yeah. and it's yeah. not that I like hoard to an extreme by any means, but it's just that like I am the same size as I was in high school, so I have clothes from high school still. Well, bully for you. <laughs> no, Let's no. Let's talk about more of these examples. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. How to celebrate holidays, Christmas or other holidays? Mm. See. Again, I don't feel that this is a deal breaker, yeah. but but yeah. you can see how that would be a point of contention. Maybe, for yeah. Couples, where but to one person, it's, it's like, like do Thanksgiving Christmas this so... way and do Christmas this way, or do Hanukkah this way and do you know whatever this way. Definitely something I run into with my partner Alex mm-hmm. is, and I think I'm the weird one. I don't think he's the weird one. Um, is uh-huh. he? You know, like very much holidays are a very important thing. You know, Christmas and birthdays and things, and it's very important to celebrate them like on the day and do all the things. And for me, like I was definitely raised where it's like whatever, whatever. Practicality always trumps sentimentality. Mm. So if it's not convenient to celebrate the holiday that on this day, like we're gonna reschedule <laughs> yeah. to another day. You know, and so I'm like. What I can fly on Christmas. It's no, so exactly. much cheaper. Exactly. You know, he's like, what? You would fly on Christmas? And you're like, I love <laughs> flying on Christmas. It's great because nobody so, is on the plane. Right. So so it's the kind of thing where I, I think that comes up for me. Yeah. Where it's definitely not a deal breaker, but I think because it can be so emotional, I can definitely see how it can generate fights like or fights exactly. that happen every year, potentially. Exactly. Because that, for people who do care about like like even if it's not just about the day it happens on but it's like the way we do christmas christmas is super important and i want to see all my family and the other person's like for me christmas is like i want to get away i want to take a trip 
I just want it to be the two of us, like whatever it is. You can see how that would be a very emotionally charged. Well, you got to compromise. You got to do one thing one year and I one was, thing another year. I was just talking to a friend of mine, and one of her partners was raised Jehovah's Witnesses, and so mm. he was raised not celebrating any holiday. Oh, not even birthdays. Really? Yeah, I um, didn't. That's, right. that's how know. they do. Um. Anyway, he's not anymore, but he's still like around Christmas. And he lives with her and with her other partner. And still around Christmas, he's like, I, I just don't want anything to do with this, really. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. You know, he kind of tries to play along a little bit. But for the most part, he's just like, whatever, you know. Oh, my god. also really fascinating. That's right. fascinating. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's an example of something that hopefully you could work with and figure out a yeah, way to, to make that work. Ooh, this one's, this one's getting into some crunchy territory. How to relate to in-laws. Mm. So... Yeah. <sighs> I think this becomes more challenging if if somebody doesn't like their in-law and like they have a they yeah. have a really tough time with them because I know that like historically in-laws have been deal breakers or just points like major points, points of, of contention, contention yeah. for people. And so yeah, I don't I don't know this could be a learn to live with it situation for sure. I just watched the show years and years, highly recommended, everyone needs to watch it. But um yeah, like the wife of one of the main characters, like really didn't like her grand, his grandmother, and okay. had to learn to live with her. But then at the end of the show, they ended up being like very close. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that yes, you can learn to deal with each other better. Well, I don't think this doesn't even necessarily have to be when there's a, when you don't get along with the mm-hmm. in-laws. It could just be that for you, you're like. Yeah, the in-law relationship isn't one that's super important to me to foster. I see. Whereas your partner is like, why aren't you like texting with my mom or yeah, whatever? I think totally. the same stuff could come up with how people view metamorph relationships because they are yeah, that's not a dissimilar great point. That's a really good point. For some people, it's like whatever. Like I'm fine to be hands off, and for other people, they kind of want something much more kitchen table ish or much mm-hmm. more. Yeah, you know, we whatever. all have to be in on this. Yeah, right. yeah. I actually think that like the the more I've thought about it. The, the the analogy of in-laws, I think, is is the Metamorph. analogy for metamorphs. metamorphs. yeah. Like, it's really mm-hmm. the same type of thing. It's like, it's someone who's connected to your partner. They're important to your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you didn't get to choose, right? Like, they're just there. And I think it is very similar, where yeah. it's like, I don't know what kind of relationship I want to have with them, necessarily. I think this one also extends to, like, how close one person is with their family versus another mm-hmm. where one person might be like, I kind of prefer having my own space. And the other is like, Oh, I, I want my siblings to come over every weekend yeah. and like bring their kids and hang out. And like, you know, yeah, it's totally. something that needs to get figured out and talked about rather than just arguing over who's correct. Yeah. I right? mean, I call my mom like almost every single day <laughs> yeah. and my I partner, even no, I know. That. And my partner like, n- like talks to his parents like once a month or once uh-huh. every three months or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My mom and I just gab. (laughs) Yeah. And that's great. Right. Uh And that's, you know, if that caused an issue with a partner, though, it's not like they're going to convince you to not do that. Right. No, that would never happen. (laughs) Right. So that's a good example of like one of these just kind of inherent, like, no, this is just a thing about me. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. This one's a deal breaker. I think. I think it can be. Yeah. yeah. To monogamous or not to monogamous. That is the question. (laughs) Maybe more of like what level of. Yeah monogamy and or non-monogamy right or sometimes i think the gottman's phrased this as like what level of fidelity mm-hmm. you expect mm-hmm. in the, or what fidelity looks like yeah. in the relationship and i, I yeah. think that too many people and we'll get into this in a later episode but i think too many people just expect 
that like if you are monogamous that means this that means exactly what everyone in the planet thinks that it means and in reality that's not the case i mean all of these things need to be spoken about and communicated about yeah i mean i think this one yeah to even not put it in the context of non-monogamy but just like is hanging uh, out with an ex a bad thing exactly yeah like maybe your best friend is your ex and to one person it's like that's completely unacceptable for you to be friends with this person and the other person's like no but this is my best friend yeah you can see how that's not something that one's just gonna like convince the other totally and I it's not s- that either one is wrong. I know, exactly. I it's could see just maybe in some situations, some people learning to live with that. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If sure. They, but I could also see in many situations that just being not a non-starter. Yeah. Or just, yeah, something that pisses someone off uh-huh. for right. a long time. I what think about- this, this one is a good example of one of those where it's like, for some people, this could be a deal breaker and for others, it might not. Mm-hmm. You know, it just yeah. really depends on how that shows up. But I think if they argue about it trying to convince the other person or trying to just figure out who's right mm-hmm. you're not going to get anywhere and you're yeah. going to fight about this forever, forever. Yeah, totally. and you're going to be miserable doing it and it's not going to make you closer right yeah. it's not a fight that's going to make you mm-hmm. closer and more intimate with each other yeah. what about wanting kids or not okay that is a deal breaker in yeah. my opinion for a lot of people it is yeah, yeah. unless yeah. it was a situation where i was dating someone who was okay having kids with someone else well okay yes you know yeah. if they're into but, that then i'm like yeah great but if it's i want kids with you, you then i'm like sorry nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> nippity no nope. i have kids with a bunch of other randos out there but not with you <laughs> and i don't know them <laughs> yeah. right but it's it's yeah that like that's yeah. a good one where it's it's you could like and i think this one sometimes people will compromise on mm. And not really think that through and not really think through like, I'm going to get to the end of my life then and always regret this and be sad about this. Yeah, I've heard that from various people like, you know, on my, both sides. My, well, yeah, yeah. my voice teacher. Not having kids. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But my voice teacher is like one of the greatest regrets in my life is that I've never had a kid. And I'm mm. like, yeah, like you can. I'm an example that you can do it alone. But, <laughs> you know, right. yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But and on the other side, too, it's like, well, my partner really wanted kids. So we had kids and it's been really hard and it's put a strain on our relationship and I wasn't able to accomplish the things I wanted to do in life. And, you know, Mm. it can be on either side. And I think so. this one, I would tend to think... Not to imply that those people don't love their kids. Like before you angry tweet at us, we (laughs) know that... hate them. Generally, when you have a kid, you love it, which is a good thing. So, but just, yeah. But yeah, just that. Just that like this one maybe isn't something to compromise on. No. Just a thought. Mm -hmm. Just a thought. Uh, cohabitation and marriage. Yeah, again, I think, I think that you can compromise on that, but I think that if somebody fundamentally is like, I really want these things in my life and I want them with a partner, and then you know, if another person doesn't, then mm-hmm. that's not really compatible. Yeah, I'll, honestly, I'll say that. Um, this is gonna sound weird. One of the best breakups I ever had. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, like, but probably, I mean, one of the most like healthy, respectful. Uh, where I was like hurt and disappointed, but mm-hmm. not like harmed by the breakup mm. was when someone who I was only dating for a few months was honest with me of like, you know what? I'm really clear that I want to get married and have kids. Oh, yeah. And, mm. you know, I don't think that it's I clear think I know who don't. this person yeah. is. Yeah. And he was just really honest and upfront with yeah. me about that. He and now he's married. And now he's married and probably going to have good kids. For him. And good for yeah. him. You know, right. we're still in touch and it's positive and it's fine. That's you know? lovely. But, but it's, um, you know, that kind of thing where he was honest about what he wanted and didn't do the thing that I think a lot of people do, which I have done, you know, of like, I'm just going to go along with this and, mm. 
maybe this person will change their mind or maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know. They won't. You won't. Yeah. (laughs) It's unlikely. Um, Right. But what I so appreciate about that was just that, that it's like he was honest and we could end the relationship early as opposed to it getting all kind of murky and in the weeds about this kind of stuff. Totally. No, that's great. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Next one is about how we spend money. Um, This one, right, has to do with has to do with, right, like, what do we value, right? It's about our values Mm -hmm. and our beliefs of, like, to me, you know... I want to save a lot or I want to go on extravagant trips, like, once a year. Right. To me, it's like, what's the point of money if I'm not using it to have experiences? On the other side, it's like, no, the purpose of money is safety. Yeah. So that means saving it, right? Wow. this is... (laughs) Just, uh, yeah, (laughs) said a couple things right there that I can relate to. Yeah. 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 We should... We'll do the money episode redo the money episodes yeah yeah but yeah i think that i i don't know i don't know if that's a deal breaker unless it's like we share all of our finances yeah and if you're you have like, your own monies you're like draining our bank account constantly mm. on exorbitant expenses that i don't want to like that seems like that's a deal breaker totally yeah and maybe and people that's break a up over money all the time it's, yeah. yeah i've heard it's the number one cause of divorce mm-hmm. or yeah, at least one sense. of the top three causes mm-hmm. yeah totally uh, another one's how out we want to be now regarding this, like non-monogamy or non-monogamy or whatever anything, you yeah. know um something that you feel like one person wants to hide and the other wants to shout it from the rooftops that could be a deal breaker um especially i think you should be you know with the pace car there a little bit but well sure and it's you know it depends issue on of your respect, overlap of but... social circles and professional circles because depending on the context of your life maybe it is something you can live with where it's like my partner being more out than i am doesn't affect my life or doesn't mm-hmm. influence my life or doesn't compromise my safety. And so that's okay for us to be different levels of out versus mm-hmm. you may be in a different situation where no, like yeah. because there's some kind of professional overlap or social overlap, like if my partner's out, it doesn't necessarily make it safe for me or whatever. Totally. Well, yeah. And I just want to say too, that with this one, it's like this, this could be a deal breaker or it could be a compromise. It depends because it also could like Emily, you said, I, I would agree with you that out of respect for someone's boundaries, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be, you know, gregarious like, about I it. Be, yeah, I wouldn't be out and like posting on my social media about non-monogamy if I had a partner who Who's felt like, like they couldn't do that. Yeah, but at the same time, for me, that is such an important part of my identity and my professional life to yeah. be out. Yeah, that that would be a deal breaker. Not because I, I think they're wrong mm-hmm. or they think I'm wrong. It's just like, well, this is just fundamentally yeah. incompatible. Sorry, unfortunately. A podcast on non-monogamy, right. like it's part of the cost <laughs> right. of admission. A yeah, exactly. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then the last one we have here is um, use of substances, or whether or not someone will admit to having an addiction. Mm-hmm. And this could be disagreeing about use of substances recreationally that isn't like an addiction problem, but just like one person's very not okay with that, and the other does like to, you know, whatever it is, dabble. Mm-hmm dabble Um, or it could be like one person not admitting to an addiction problem or alcoholism or something that's one of the ones that Gottman's point out as maybe more of a deal deal breaker breaker. definitely yeah Yeah. versus just that you like to use this substance but I don't but and that's okay you know it's just like we just don't do that together as long as like we're safe and it's not you know having some kind of destructive effect on our lives totally Yeah. yeah yeah So let's talk about what to do about these perpetual problems when they're not deal breakers. 
I so yes, they can be destructive. They can cause a relationship to fall apart, but they can also cause a relationship to get stronger and for us to learn more about our partners and ourselves in these situations. Like why is it that we're doing these things? Why is it that they're doing these things? I so with all of this, definitely try to let go of like being right or winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in episode two ten. Um but it is kind of worth reiterating here that like winning and being right and like one upping your partner is like not a good thing in these situations. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not even an effective thing. Right. Yeah, I think that's, that's the more true. important part of this is that it's not going to be well, effective in actually yeah. changing the perpetual problem. Exactly. Well, and I mean, again, it, maybe not the goal is not to change these perpetual problems, but if you want to talk about how to like be better in these situations and be a better communicator, then going that route is not going to be helpful at all. Uh, And yeah, the goal is really not to jump back into the fight or try to like fight your way to being right, but rather like trying to find a mutual understanding between the two of you and kind of delve into what your partner is going through, what their reality is during the fight. And I think that really is huge there, like to try to understand for each other their point of view, to walk a mile in their shoes or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, like, understand what the beliefs are behind that thing. Exactly. Like, one of the ways that I've heard it put is that it's you're not arguing about a thing, but you're arguing about a meaning of a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the stuff that's not going to get resolved, is, like, you might have a different meaning that you attach to this thing, and that's just the reality. And so learning the meaning that this has for each other is more important than the actual decision about the thing yeah. in terms of these like perpetual fights that come up over and over again. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. 
That's multi, M-U-L-T-I, at adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Um, so if you do find that you have one of these one of these things where it's like we have a variation on the same fight over and over again, perhaps this is an opportunity to look at what might be this meaning behind it, what mm-hmm. might be this fundamental personality trait or belief in us that is attached to this that we're maybe not even realizing is different. We just assume the other person believes the same thing, mm-hmm. and so we don't understand why they make different decisions than us, and we have to have an argument about it. So... What we've done here for this episode is we've taken advice and steps proposed by researchers like the Gottmans, as well as other articles by psychologists and our own personal experiences of working with couples and also in our own lives. And we have created Shop. Till you drop. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Till you drop. Different. Yes. So, you know, it's like, like I said in the intro, you're driving along in your relationship car (laughs) And you have an accident, and maybe you keep having the same accident. <laughs> or maybe That's it's like the check engine light keeps coming on, yeah. or you keep that weird mm. clangity clangity noise keeps going off, and you're like, "What is that noise?" Yeah, or the air conditioner keeps cutting out, and you're like, "You need Ugh. to put a patch on your tire; it keeps like getting, right. you know." Or your tires are just like whatever some yeah. perpetual ongoing problem. So you take it to the repair shop, and the beautiful thing about this repair shop is that it makes your car even better and stronger and faster than it was before. <laughs> harder, buster, harder, better, stronger. What is it? Yeah. Harder, better, faster, stronger. There it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you it's faster, it. higher, stronger is the... Oh, my yeah. God. This no, is really we're talking about. I know you're talking Daft about Punk. the Daft Punk song. I'm Correct. talking about the Olympics. The Vini, Vidi, Vici, 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 I don't know. What are you talking about with the Olympics? I feel like I should know this. I love the Olympics. Is it be the best you can be? Nah. <laughs> That's the army. That's be all you can be. Oh. It's the Nike symbol. No. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's Sidious Altius Fortius, which oh. is the Olympic motto, mm-hmm. and it means, it means faster, higher, stronger. Oh. So okay. that... That Daft Punk song is kind of a play on this idea, I think. At least that's how I interpreted it. Cool. I thought it was just about technology, but... It is. Let's talk about a repair shop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. So the shop is an acronym and it stands for stories, history, ownership, and prevention. So this is not something to do during the fight. Go to 210 for that. This is after the fight when you're like, hey, we're having the same fight. Let's go to the repair shop. Yeah. Or like doing this in your radar. Yeah, it's a great thing for a radar. Yeah, yeah. totally. During a, that section on fights yeah, and conflicts. It's a great thing for any time where you're not in the emotional upheaval yep. of the fight. Yeah. You know, when things have calmed down a little bit, when you're feeling a little bit better, when you have a better perspective on it, and you can enter into this space of kind of taking a step back and analyzing what really happened here for me, mm-hmm. what really happened mm-hmm. here for you. Let's see if we can come to a place of mutual understanding on this. Yeah. So let's go through the steps. Yeah. Woo. Okay. So the first one is the S for stories. So what you're going to do is you're going to take turns sharing your experience of what happened during the fight or sharing your story of the fight, sharing 
How did you feel? What was your experience of what happened? What was your reality? Mm. So it could be things like, so I'm going to, I'm going to create a little example for us just to use as we go through this. So let's take this first example of the perpetual problem. Let's do the punctuality one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. So maybe my story was like, well, I experienced that when you came home half an hour late and I hadn't gotten a message from you in like two hours, I felt lonely. I felt a little worried. I felt a little bit abandoned. You know, I had this story in my head that you totally forgot about me. Mm. Or I had this story that maybe you were just having such a great time hanging out with someone else that you weren't going to come home or things like that. And then my partner gets an opportunity to also share their story as well of maybe it was what, like, I don't know, like I just lost track of the time and then I got caught in traffic and then I was, you know, really worried because I knew that we had plans tonight and I was really stressed about coming home. And so that's why I was all flustered when I came home. Um, And so bear in mind that like when you and your partner share your stories or your realities of the fight, they're probably going to be two very different realities. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this on the show before, this idea of multiple competing narratives, essentially that neither of your narratives are wrong. They're both right. That's the weird paradoxical thing about all of this. And so avoid the temptation to get into arguing about which one is the right story, which one is more accurate, you know, or trying to essentially discredit your partner's story by being like, well, I don't see how you would think that because yada, 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 or like, well, you shouldn't, you know, like, well, you should have known that this was actually what the case was, you know, yada, yada, yada. And this sounds easy and it's actually very hard. It, it is, is very hard. Very hard. Cause you know, cause <laughs> to not that, get defensive in these exactly. moments. In that example, like Dedeker was sharing, right. Of like, to me, it meant that you didn't care about me and maybe you were never going to come home but, or oh, you no, didn't value me. Yeah. It's like, no, I was stuck because of this thing or like whatever. Or be like, why would you think that? Right. You know? It's like, yes. why would, I've always come home. Why would you think yeah. that? Yeah. Right. It's hard not to fall into that temptation yes. instead of to step back and validate it. Yes. So it's very important when you're exchanging your stories or your realities of the fight that it could be... Um, you can validate what your partner's experience was. And remember that validating, it doesn't necessarily mean agreeing. It doesn't mean like, oh, okay, well, your experience was the right one. So, Mm. or, well, my experience was definitely the right one. But something more along the lines of like, oh, okay, from your point of view, I can see how, you know, when you're sitting in, in traffic all stressed out and then you come home stressed out and then I'm there immediately upset with you i can see how that would be really upsetting or really off-putting when you were expecting to come home and things were fine or Mm -hmm. okay well i can see from your point of view that you didn't get a message from me and i came home late and so i can totally understand how that would feel really lonely or concerning or upsetting um and again that's not necessarily saying like okay you're right or you're wrong or whatever it's just validating like okay if this is what your reality was, I can totally understand why you would feel Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. And again, don't tell your partner what they did or what they didn't do. Just stay focused also on your own feelings when you're telling your story. Um, Again, we'll reiterate that using I statements is generally better than using you statements. Um, So like with Dedeker's example there, mm -hmm. it's like, I felt like, you know, it, it, meant you didn't care about me or you didn't value our plans or you were having more fun with someone else and forgot about me, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, Mm -hmm. rather than saying, well, I was upset because you forgot about me or because you didn't care about me. Because you didn't give a shit about communicating to me. Right, right. It's trying to keep it focused on how I felt and what it meant to me rather than what you thought, what you did, how you felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And uh, is this a... Is this I just a, love this quote. From the Gottman? It's the from Gottmans. the Gottmans. They say, there is no immaculate perception. And basically what that means is like, there's there's no one who has a monopoly on the truth. There's I was like, like immaculate conception? I think I that's think what they're, they're going for, is that. a little riff. Yeah. Cute. Cute. But yeah, this idea that it's pretty much impossible for one of you to have been the one who has the whole story and the Mm -hmm. other person's totally wrong. You know, like we all bring our different filters and different pasts and different feelings and chemical makeups and all these things to a situation. And so that's always going to, going to influence your perception of Mm -hmm. an event or Mm -hmm. of a fight. Yeah. 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 Uh, should we go on to the next step? Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like that makes sense. So it's stories. It's like, what was the story of what happened for me? And acknowledging that they're both true. Yes. Like they're both real for each of you. Right? Yeah. That's the first step. So the next one is H in shop. Shop. Shop, <laughs> which is, uh, stands for history. So history kind of goes along with things like triggers or just old things that happen in your life uh, that can cause you to feel a certain way about a certain situation or just can be like, you know, a button that is pushed in that particular moment. Mm-hmm. So this, I guess, is another Gottman quote. Sometimes escalation can come from a trigger or old enduring vulnerabilities that occurred before this relationship began. That was like kind of that. their definition of, of trigger. I yeah. think it's, it's you know, it works for what they're talking about. I think it's good to clarify. Yeah, yeah. And we, we have trigger to, has other meanings. Yeah, we have to give the disclaimer that in this context, talking about a trigger from your past could very literally mean like a PTSD trigger totally. that, yeah. you know, causes a full on PTSD response could mean an anxiety trigger. It could just mean some kind of sticky, uncomfortable thing from your past that this situation reminded you of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That pushes a button on you mm-hmm. and that yeah. you have an emotional response to afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this case, when this happens, uh, try to think about the time in which this maybe occurred in the past and we're like you kind of had a similar set of feelings and then try to tell your partner of the story of what happened so that they can understand your sensitivities and why this might trigger you. I think that's a really good thing to, yeah. to yeah. be even aware of for yourself. And it, it maybe causes might cause you to go back into some uncomfortable situations in your past. But And that's challenging. But again, being forthcoming with your partner, I think, is really important in these moments. Yeah, something my therapist asks me all the time in which I've now adopted and also asks my clients all mm. the time is like if I'm describing a situation where I'm like, yeah, and then this person said this and I feel and I just feel really upset about it and I feel upset about it now that he'll ask me, okay, that thing that you're feeling right now, is there anything old and familiar mm. about that feeling? I like That's that. That's a good way to put that. And pretty yeah. much 99% of the time I'm like, yes, yes. It 100% like this is how my body felt the night that this thing happened. 10 years ago or yeah. or in this relationship or whatever or like maybe to bring it back to the punctuality example i can be like this brings me back to this past relationship where someone ignored me for like a full two days because they were with someone and i they dropped off the face of the planet and i felt really abandoned and it brings up all those same feelings Interesting. Yeah. yeah 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 and with this it might not necessarily be related to trauma or a painful memory but it can be related to maybe like a belief, just a fundamental belief that you have about something. So like, for example, like if you show up on time for this punctuality thing, that means that you care about me. So if you don't show up on time, mm-hmm. then you it don't care you don't about care. me. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. On the other side of this, 
expressing understanding and empathy when your partner describes this incident is incredibly important. And like, again, as we said in the last one, don't try to tell them that their belief is wrong or try to convince them or get defensive in these moments. And again, that's more that's easier said than done at times, but it's something to really think about in these moments. Uh, don't try to like change their mind about it because that might be something that comes in time on their own if you need to. Uh, or, or it might not, right? Exactly. Like or it might not. And that's also okay. Uh, just really try to understand and empathize. And if you can't believe that that thing is also true, then just be there for that person, express sympathy or understanding mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. I would even say like, if you can't, understand it like mm-hmm. i just can't even get my head there to how you could possibly believe that's that that's definitely a thing that i've felt in my relationships absolutely yeah it's like if you can't do that then you just have to take their word for it totally yeah and just be like i don't have to understand it necessarily to know that that's true for you i think that yeah i've had these moments where i'm like my partner is like being really stubborn right now about this thing and it's mm-hmm. just in reality it's just kind of like a fundamental difference in our experience and I might be like I don't understand why you're being so rigid about this particular thing where to them it's like well that's my reality of the situation and I really can't change how I feel about it well at the same time though I think it's also important for your partner to acknowledge that it's like you have a different reality as totally well. yeah right yeah. that's that's part of this whole repair shop process yeah again not one person being like well I have this belief and it's the right belief and, and it's that's never gonna a, change it's like right. I have this belief that's my excuse to be yeah, an asshole I have yeah. this belief and that's why it brought up these feelings for me I recognize that you have a different belief mm-hmm. and that's why yeah. you feel differently about this yeah you know it's kind of like these two things both exist in the same space time totally mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm uh, so, like, another example of kind of this thing about beliefs, like, we're talking about the messiness thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually, so this example I wrote down here was, um, like, that for one person, it's like being able to keep my space messy and have my stuff out is how I feel independent, because mm-hmm. maybe I grew up in a family really that was super household. military overbearing yeah. mm-hmm. about how I did things. And so, to me, this is how I feel free and independent. So I could really, okay, so let's say just okay, sure, you yeah. and I, Jace, were having this argument. I could definitely fuck this up right now. Uh-huh. You know, it's like you share like your history of like, I grew up in this really rigid military family, was, you know, punished for things mm-hmm. not being mm-hmm. put away. And so now that I have my own space, like, you know, me being able to kind of put my stuff wherever is how I feel free. And I could really fuck it up by being like, well, I don't care. You're an adult get it together. You know, I can't live like this where I've completely like, you've been vulnerable and Mm -hmm. opened up to me and I've completely blasted over it. Right. And again, even when sharing your history, I don't have to be like, okay, well then everything's forgiven and that's your excuse. But I can be like, okay, I can understand, like I can find a way to understand. And then I can also share my trigger of like, I grew up in a house that was like all chaos all the time. And we were constantly having to move around and there was no stability. And so for me coming home when things are nice and clean and organized, then that's my stability, you know, like, and again, those two things exist in the same space time and are both true and, and valid. To even make this one a little bit more real life. So this this was not a real conversation that Dedeker and I have had. Mm-mm-mm. But we have had a variation on this where we both like to have a pretty clean place. Yeah. 
However, there's like specific little things. <laughs> like where to put like a certain thing or Dedeker doesn't want like clutter in her line of sight or well, so whatever. So we, we had this just, issue specifically. I just don't <laughs> want clutter on flat surfaces. So we, we had this issue that <laughs> came up. No, this whole, sorry. We had this issue that came up a lot about where my like computer stuff yes, would be. Yes, where electronics go. Where electronics would go. And we kept having this kind of you argument want, like, again a and again. Station of like your electronics, where everything is. Well, that's kind of what we got to is that, okay. that the meaning was different for us. For her, the thing that was the most important was all surfaces being clear, and all then surfaces, <laughs> right? <laughs> and for me, the thing that was the most important was for me like this is something that my computer station is something I come back to yeah. constantly throughout the day. And so for me, having it always available and set up is the more important thing. Mm. And so once we realized that, then it was like, okay, now we can work with this. Yeah. Now we can figure out like, okay, well, let's make a spot for it that it can be put away, but is also convenient. Or this area is just going to be my stuff set up, but everywhere else is going to be this. So I won't set something over there. Or if I do, I'll put it away after I'm done. Yeah. Right. Like you can kind of work with it once you understand what the underlying like belief or thing mm -hmm. is about it. Yeah, definitely. What's next? All right. The next is the O of shop for ownership. Oh. <laughs> ownership. So in this one is, so you've talked about your stories. You've talked about your histories, if this is tied to anything, what your beliefs are about it. And then this is your chance to take ownership and accept responsibility for your own part in the fight. So not just ownership of like my beliefs, but like, okay, you know, what can I own up to in yeah. the way I handled this that actually led to us having a fight, right? Maybe, maybe you've been stressed or you weren't a good listener or you immediately made it about yourself rather than listening to what they talked about, right? Like what can you own up to that contributed to the argument? So again, using Gottman research here, they have shown in their research that taking responsibility, even if it's just for a tiny part of mm. the problem in communication, will sort of, it, it generates like a trust, it generates a way to step forward. It it allows the other person to admit things as well. Totally. Without feeling like, well, if I admit that, then I lose mm, and yeah. you win. And like, right. this is also something that if you were brought up in a situation where you never back down, yeah. uh, that can be a hard thing to shift to. So maybe in our hypothetical example with the punctuality thing, you know, on my side, I could be like, okay, well, I can take ownership for, you know, jumping down your throat as soon as you walked in the door. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I shouldn't have done that. And I should have approached you maybe in a more calm way. And so I'm sorry about that. And then maybe my partner can take ownership for, well, I'm sorry that I didn't message you. I realized I should have at least communicated that I was running late. And so I'm sorry for not doing that. Yeah. And notice that like no one person has taken responsibility for the entire situation mm -hmm. and it hasn't turned into a blame game but it's like we've both been able to even pick out small parts to take responsibility for and take ownership for yeah yeah that's great and yeah i mean for me that like i don't know i i think that in both my family of origin and in a lot of formative relationships that i've been in there has been this assumption that like taking ownership or apologizing means you've you're, lost well it's not even just that you've lost but it means that you're admitting to to like the whole like you're taking responsibility for the whole thing mm. you know that you're saying okay i was the wrong one you were the right one and so you can't apologize yeah <laughs> you know like you have to make it so that 
the other person apologizes or the other person admits wrongdoing because if you do, and even in a small part, that means that you've lost. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I've really had to um, pursue in my own personal growth, as it were. But I think, you know, this, if even just finding what's the small part is a really good place to start from, you know, yeah. to kind of help get that, uh, what do I want to say? Kind of that that whole uh, ownership train a going, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that both of you feel comfortable to start taking ownership of all the multiple moving parts of this particular fight. Yeah, yeah. I love that. All right. Prevention is the final one. Final P. The final P. You know what they also, say. Also the only P. About yeah. ounce of prevention. Ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Oh. Really? Have you never I like heard that? that? Yeah, yeah but that's that good. Before. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while though. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with prevention, discuss how you can do things differently next time. I like to do this a lot. Like, hey, like, what are some actionable things right. that we can, you know, an action that we can take in order to prevent this? Like, can I, you know, maybe take a breath for myself before when my partner walks in the door mm-hmm. and, you know, it's been really late or something? Can I just take a breath and, like, be kinder to them about it or ask, like, hey, you know, I thought that we said you were going to come home 30 minutes ago. Like, did something happen there or whatever? Not so that it's, like, how dare you, you dick, or something. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so try to think about, like, one way that each of you can make it better if this type of incident happens again. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and as I was kind of just saying, like, try to make a plan to minimize hurt feelings and avoid a future incident. Uh, and then, again, just, like, sometimes understanding underlying beliefs, the things that we talked about before, the history of it all, can really help. And can, again, infuse more empathy into the situation. Yeah. Uh, This is something we talked about on the show Hmm. a while back. I forget when it was, but um, something that, I mean, maybe Dedeker, you want to share, but just about someone saying they'll do something Mm -hmm. and not doing it to you has a lot more meaning than than just them forgetting that thing. Yeah, definitely. You you, you hit the nail on the head. (laughs) You summed it up pretty good. Well, so for me, that was something that, like Emily was just saying, that just understanding that underlying belief can make a difference. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like once we had that conversation and you kind of told me that the story of like that being a frustration for you growing up, you know, of, of your Just parents or whoever, like not following through on mm-hmm. things that they promised you, that to you that has a lot more meaning than I realized. Because yeah. for me, it was just sort of like, oh, yeah, I forget stuff sometimes. Like that's that's not, you know, it sucks, but it's not a big deal. Yeah. And realizing that, like, okay, based on your story, that is a big deal. And so that's changed the way that I will react to those things, either through prevention of, um, like, okay, if if I've said I'm going to do something for Dedeker, like, I'll make extra effort to put a make reminder sure it, or yeah. something like that. Like, take actual steps, not just be like, I'll be better about that, but actually, like, make yeah. a reminder, write it down, do something like that. Or if I do forget, because it happens sometimes, um to take it seriously to not be like oh yeah yeah yeah, whatever because i know that actually makes it worse rather than to me it's like that's like okay that makes it better by sort of downplaying it but instead realizing doing that makes it worse and so it's like i'll be extra apologetic about it and immediately propose how i'll remedy it i like that right that's great of like okay you're right i forgot about that but i'm gonna move this thing around so i can go do that right now or like 
I'll set a reminder right now and I'll do that in two hours after I have this meeting or whatever it is so that right away she knows, no, this is important and I've made a plan to to address it. Yeah. You make me cry. It's so sweet. <laughs> well, I think on my side, it's it's also been kind of internalizing and realizing that you're not a terrible person for forgetting things. Whoa. <laughs> and, and just, How dare you? We, we've had a lot of conversations about the different ways that our respective memories mm. work, mm, you know, yes. and real, and it's another one of those where like, that's probably going to be an unsolvable problem, quote unquote, unsolvable perpetual problem in our relationship, just because of fundamentally the different ways that we process information. Yeah. But it's not something where one of us has to make this extreme effort of changing the other person Sure. You know, Jace is not like making this extreme effort to try to change me to chill the fuck out about remembering <laughs> things. And I'm not uh-huh. trying to, you know, harangue Jace into remembering things all the time perfectly. You yeah. know, that it's it's kind of like in understanding the background, we're able to do that kind of like agree to disagree and like live with these differences. Yeah. And it being OK and being able to have ways to repair it each time yeah that's great happens yeah Yeah, it is pretty great it is great you're right (laughs) right Uh that's fantastic Uh well done you too shall we recap yeah Yeah. let's recap so taking it to the shop i'm just going to the shop to the shop i'm just going to the shop see i'm retooling some carly ray jepson oh i'm just going to the store yeah but to the shop the shop shop. yeah same thing bit more british about it yeah i'm going down to the shop (laughs) so stories is Uh number one yes um, and then history, and then ownership and prevention. Yeah. So just real quick, Emily, could you like one sentence sum each of those up? So stories is just going to be like sharing your own personal experience of what is happening in that particular moment. History is going back into your brain, into your memories of the <laughs> things that might be triggering to you about that particular thing and why it caused you to have the reaction that you did. Ownership is taking ownership of like this the reaction that you had and maybe even admitting like, hey, I could have done that better. And then prevention is having actionable steps for figuring out like how to do better next time. Yeah. Yeah. Bam. That's great. Bam. 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 Yeah. Bam. 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 Well done. Yeah. The, so... I'm going to use this in my own life faux show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we do have a secret bonus fifth step. We do? Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) So secret. I didn't hear about this. Even Emily Emily (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought we were perfect. We went to the shop. Yes, we went to the shop. Yes, that is good. But we do have a bonus secret fifth step. Okay. Uh, We're going to be talking about that in our bonus episode. If you want to be able to get access to our bonus episode, then go to our Patreon to get more information about that. So we would love to hear from all of you about this, about... What are some perpetual, quote-unquote, unsolvable problems in your relationships that you've made work? What are deal breakers for you? Um, Have you used some kind of repair framework like this for getting things feeling better after a fight with a loved one? We want to hear about it. So the best place to share your thoughts with us and with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and you can join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-0-5. Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. 
Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Schenewerk and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.